Welcome to today's edition of the Bible Class. Our teacher, Dr. Kenneth C. Hill, is teaching from the New Testament book of James. You may send your questions by email through our website at whcbradio.org. That's whcbradio.org. Or you may mail your questions to the Bible Class, care of WHCB, Post Office Box 5, Blountville, Tennessee, 37617. Here is Dr. Hill with today's lesson. Welcome to the Bible class. We are continuing our study of the general epistle of James, one of the seven general epistles in the New Testament. We are in chapter 5, the last chapter in the book of James, and we are in that portion of Scripture that is oftentimes confusing to many who study this book. And I'm referring to verses 14 and following. Let's read verses 14 and 15, sort of a couplet together. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church, and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. And the Lord shall raise him up, And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Now, this is a controversial topic in some circles, controversial scripture in some circles, but quite honestly, scripture is controversial in many circles, no matter what scripture we're talking about. According to most scholars, most students of the word, Verse 14 has many captions and footnotes, depending on which group you're reading from. But almost to a person, they write that oil here is symbolic of the Holy Spirit and symbolic of the work of the Lord because, and here are some reasons, It's applied in the name of the Lord, and it is the Lord who will raise him up. And uh, therefore, they see it as being symbolic, showing forth the Lord's work, and not healing by the oil. In other words, the oil is not medicinal here, but is for ritual only. One of the Old Testament names of God is Yahweh Rapha, that means the Lord that heals you. And if you need a verse for that, that's um, Exodus chapter 15, verse 26. The healing power of God is evidenced in a number of instances in Scripture. He preserves health, uh, he advises good nutritional habits, He provides a healthy lifestyle for us if we follow his scripture. You can see that in Deuteronomy and Exodus, Leviticus. It's all laid out there in the law. And uh, there in James, uh, the scholar who would bring us the idea of God our healer or God who heals, would also use James 5.14 as medical treatment. 
And this is the same commentator who says this is ritual, but it's medical treatment that when we're told to call for the elders of the church, we're to be anointed with oil, we're also to seek the best medical treatment that we possibly can. God does not always choose to heal. He sometimes does. And the application, which of course, remember, James is a practical book, very practical. And so one would see that when a Christian's sick, he should confess his known sins. And if there's a sin that he's committing that's causing the illness, then the healing should come rather rapidly. But he may also be led to ask for the elders to come and to pray over him, to pray for him. Whether there's oil or not, it's the prayer of faith that brings Almighty God into the picture and he deals with whatever the ailment is and takes care of it. If it's stress-related or if it's anxiety-related or if it is disease-related. Again, let's read the verses. We'll continue conversing about it. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. and Let him pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. J. Vernon McGee, although I won't quote him directly, I can give you some insight into what he's said about it. J. Vernon McGee, in his writings and in his teaching, says that it is call for the elders of the church, tell people to pray for you, and get the best medical assistance that you possibly can. And that's how he interprets that scripture. Uh, Theodore Epp uh, read a book uh, years ago that he wrote a commentary on the book of James. Theodore Epp said very uh, carefully and clearly that uh, it was not oil that did anything. It was not oil that was medicinal, uh, but it was indeed the prayer of faith and the act of faith of, of having the elders come and pray for the sick. Now, I grew up in a congregation and it's still, I guess, part of their bylaws, but uh, in a congregation that believed in the anointing of oil for the healing of sick and the, the, the prayers of, of the elders of the church, the prayers of the leaders of the church. And it was only if they were called upon. This was not a healing line or a healing service, but if someone felt uh, that they needed to call for the elders of the church, they would they would be there. They would uh, do it as part of the order of worship, and they would pray with that person and anoint their uh, head with oil, and they would uh, be praying for the healing of the sick. And I've participated in that, and I've had it participated upon me, and I've been healed, quite honestly, uh, from distresses that I had from time to time. You say, wait a minute. Is that God's work? Absolutely. It's the prayer of faith. It's the prayer of righteous people. It's God acting in concert with the prayers of his people. It's not you telling God what he's going to do because God does not heal everybody. If he did, there'd be no Christians dying. None of us would die. 
if we Christians had the prayer of faith that heals, we wouldn't die. Now, this has nothing to do with faith healers or faith healing uh, that we see in um, uh, tent meetings or we see in some sort of uh, meetings, revival meetings and such as that. that this, this scripture doesn't, uh, doesn't pertain to that. This scripture is a practical understanding of what we are to do when we get sick. If any sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church. Not call for an evangelist, not call for a person, an individual, but plural, elders of the church. And uh, I have been one of several ministers called upon in uh, regular services of the church and, and unusual services of the church, I might add, uh, to, to pray for people who are sick. I pray for sick people all the time, don't you? Why not, if you don't? I pray for sick people all the time. I pray for people in distress all the time. I make it a practice to pray for others. Because I'm told to in Scripture. And so it's not unusual to pray for others who are sick or downtrodden or downcast or having problems. In fact, it should be the norm that we do that. But if someone who's sick is led to ask you to pray for them, pray for them and pray for their healing. The, I guess the most controversial part of the verse is the anointing with oil. Again, that's presented by most folks as being symbolic. I can accept that because I don't know that the oil has anything medicinal to do with the body when you only dab a little oil on the forehead of somebody that's coming to pray for healing. That's not medicinal. That is spiritual. It's ritual. It's spiritual. It is a, a um, view of what God is doing. Very much the oil of the Spirit is at work, if you will. And so while we don't ignore that, and I, I know some pastors that uh, say, well, you know, uh, uh, I wouldn't anoint anyone in any fashion. I think that that's an abomination. Well, it's not an abomination because it's here in the Word. So it can't be an abomination. The question is, what is it and what do you do with it? And that's where the conundrum comes in. That's where all of the, the division is. And there shouldn't be any division. Because the scripture is very clear. If you're sick, call for the elders of the church. That means that you are a part of a body of Christ where you can call upon the leaders of that congregation to assist you in your time of need. Woe be unto us when we're not in that local assembly and we can't call on those elders to assist us as scripture lays out for us to be assisted. J. Vernon McGee goes further to say that when you ask for prayer, that's the same as calling for the elders. I don't know if I agree with that or not, but that's his position. The truth is, elders are a special class. James, remember, was written early. This is the first book of the New Testament, probably. And it's the first epistle. This is a general epistle to the twelve tribes are scattered abroad, the Christian Jews that were scattered out of Jerusalem. This is what the book was written to. This epistle was written to. 
And so when he says, is there any sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church. The elders were the basic building blocks of the local church. The congregation was not the basic building blocks of the local church. Think about it for a second. It was the elders who were the basic building blocks of the local church, the local assembly, when the Jews were the only Christians. There weren't deacons yet. There weren't bishops. None of that. But there were elders. And they were specifically qualified. And later on we learn about the qualifications from the Apostle Paul. And he tells us how they are to behave and how they are to be and what they are to know and what they're to do. All of that's given to us from the Apostle Paul's writings, but not here in James. This is prior to the Apostle Paul's writings, and James is sending this out and saying, the elders are there in place, call for them to come and pray for you. These are godly men who stand in the gap. Call them to pray for you. And so you call for the elders of the church, they pray for you, they anoint you with oil in the name of the Lord. It is symbolic, and they do so in the name of the Lord. This is different than the parable that our Lord gave us of the Good Samaritan who poured in oil and wine to cleanse and to help heal the wounds of someone who was battered by the robbers on the way coming into Jerusalem. Okay, it's a different kind of of work. And that was not anointing. He poured in oil and wine. This is anointing. Let them anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And there is a thought here, which we would not do in our modern churches probably, but there's a thought here that that anointing with oil was a pouring of oil, not a dab of oil. Not a dab of oil on the forehead, but a pouring of oil over the entire head. That was the idea. That was a full anointing, if you will. Now, I'm going to quote from some other folks in just a minute. But I want to make the point that it is the prayer of these righteous people that will save the sick. It's the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. What is it? It's a prayer of faith. Who has the faith? Everybody who's praying. If it's the elders and they're the only ones praying, they have the faith. If it is the sick person is able to pray and is praying, it's their faith too. But God does not guarantee healing for everyone Even with this, this is what we do. God will raise them up, but he may raise them up in glory. They may not be raised up in this life. Because, you see, that's God's prerogative, not ours. Uh, Paul would have healed himself if he could have. He certainly asked for God to heal him, and God said, No, that thorn in the flesh is for your edification. It's to help you. Let's go to uh, H.L. Wilmington, Harold Wilmington. And he writes, uh, what's meant by anointing of a sick person with oil? He said, it's not a reference to extreme unction or last rites, as we call it, 
which is a Roman Catholic dogma, preparing a dying person for death. The practice in these verses is to restore the sick, not to bury them. It does not give sanction to faith healers. We note instead that several elders of the church have to be involved according to this scripture. On the positive side, the elders of the church are involved, and they're the spiritual leaders of the church. There is medicine involved, and that's the anointing of the oil. The Greek word here is reference to olive oil used as a common medicinal remedy in the ancient Near East, uh, Isaiah chapter 1, verse 6, and Luke chapter 10, verse 34. Um, Pastor and Professor James E. Roskup wrote this, and this is quite a lengthy statement, but listen carefully. In brief, oil did have therapeutic value in ancient times as well as today, but it is best to understand it here as a symbol of God's miraculous work in healing. That it had good medicinal effects is clear. It possessed something, uh, possessed soothing, I should read, soothing and curative value for animals like sheep in Psalm 23.5 and men in Isaiah 1.6. The Good Samaritan in Christ's parable applied oil to the wounds of the man he helped in Luke 19.34. But it is not the meaning of James for various reasons. Though it was therapeutic in some cases, it would not be a cure in all sicknesses in general. Further, James does not say in verse 15 that the oil will cure the sick or even that the oil plus the prayer will make him well. Specifically, he does say that the prayer of faith shall save the sick and makes no claim for the oil. It is not the oil, but the Lord who shall raise him up. It is more adequate to say that the anointing is for the purpose of symbolizing tangibly the setting apart of the man to the miraculous healing work of God. It would be an aid to his faith by prompting a sense of expectancy. Christ himself applied saliva to men at times, evidently to symbolize by physical contact, the healing that God would affect. We find that in Mark 7.33 and Mark 8.23. There is Old Testament support for the idea that the anointing could signify the setting apart of the man to God for his will and his operation. There are numerous applications of oil not to cure but to set apart or identify things, um, not to cure but set apart or identify things or persons with God in some sense. Jacob anointed the stone at Bethel to identify it as symbolizing the house of God in which he had been a guest, Genesis 28, 18 and 31, 13. When he poured oil upon it, it was not to make it well. It was a ceremonial custom later to anoint priests. We find that in Exodus and Leviticus and prophets in 1 Kings and kings in 1 Samuel and 1 Kings. This was to symbolize that they were set apart to and identified with God for his will. When Jesus sent out the twelve disciples, they anointed with oil many that were sick and healed them, found in Mark 6.13. We will uh, note that it is the prayer of faith saving the sick and the Lord raising them up not the oil. And so while this is symbolic, it is not necessary 
for people to be anointed with oil when they're prayed for. This is given, as J. Vernon McGee would say, again, I quote from him, or at least give you the semblance of his idea, uh, J. Vernon McGee writes that uh, you pray and you seek the best medical, uh, competent medical help that you possibly can, and you know that it's God who does the work, no matter if doctors are involved. Thank you for joining us today for this edition of the Bible Class with Dr. Kenneth C. Hill. You may reach us by email by going to our website, whcbradio.org, and sending us an email on the Contact Us link. That's whcbradio.org. If you prefer to use the Postal Service, our address is The Bible Class, WHCB, Post Office Box 5, Blountville, Tennessee, 37617. That's The Bible Class, care of WHCB, Post Office Box 5, Blountville, Tennessee, 37617. You may also call us at 423-878-6279. Until our next Bible Class program, we are trusting that the Lord will richly bless you as you serve him.